Limerick Today with Gillian Devlin. In for Joe Nash on Live 95. Very shortly, we'll be talking to Noel Hogan of the Cranberries and Stuart Clark, Deputy Editor of Hot Press, about a very exclusive, a worldwide exclusive indeed, that they are making this morning. But first, let's take a listen to these Cranberries fans. I travelled then in um, in 1995. I backpacked in Turkey and everywhere I went. I mean, I, I couldn't get over it. Like, no matter where you went, on the street, cafes, restaurants... All you hear is the cranberries being blasted out. I, I remember distinctly in, in Istanbul, um, there was some uh, teenage girls when I told them that I was from Ireland and they started singing the, um, the zombie. I, I, I always remembered uh, that and the, Turks, the Turkish people said that they, yeah, they, they really, really loved the, the cranberries. lucky enough to see, see them in the point at the time and down in Clarny actually but I'd never never seen them in Limerick which was one thing I, I would love to have done um, the night they played in, for the New Year's Eve celebrations actually I was in the maternity I had my little girl the day before so I was looking out the window of the maternity over at them but um, Olivia do you still have the school journal that was signed by Dolores? I, I do yeah <laughs> I do <laughs> uh, yeah it was my pride and joy going into school showing everyone um Normally you wouldn't be showing off the notes in your journal, but I was definitely showing off that one. <laughs> OK, that's just a few fans and their memories of the Cranberries. Well, on the line this morning, we have Noel Hogan of the Cranberries and Stuart Clark, Deputy Editor of Hot Press. You're both very welcome to the programme this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Noel, Noel, were you listening there to those fans? I was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you had the most loyal fans in the world, don't you? Yeah, um... And to be honest, even still, it's just, it's shocking to us now, you know. Um, we haven't, you know, performed, obviously, together um, since Doris passed away, which is coming up close to four years ago. And uh, still, just the amount of messages we constantly get. Um, it's hard to, when you're in the middle of it, you don't see that, you don't realise it. And it's only kind of really after the fact that we've suddenly realised in the past few years that how, how much we kind of, you know, I guess the music has travelled, how much we touched people. It was just, um, look, it's amazing and it's a great legacy to leave. Okay, well, you're making this exclusive, worldwide exclusive announcement this morning on Limerick Today. Tell us about it. You're announcing something very, very special. Um, yeah, it's it's in, it's with Hot Press and uh, I guess, George, do you want to kind of explain a bit in detail what it is. Yeah, absolutely, No, Good morning to you. Uh, it's, uh, the history of the Cranberries, uh, as told through Hot Press, and indeed before that, the, the Limerick Tribune, uh, I was lucky enough to be the music reporter in this uh, fresh-faced young band, four hairy blokes, actually, the Cranberries <laughs> saw us launched, and I got their first demo, and I thought, you know, that that's really good. I, I, I like those songs. Then Niall Quinn left, and we thought, we won't hear any more of them. But, of course, the rest is history. It was a cruiser's hotel in a basement. I saw the band. Now, they were nervous. Dolores was nervous looking at the floor, the ceiling, her feet, anything but the crowd. And at times, her voice was out of tune. But every now and again, you'd go, 
oh my God, you could spot there was something there. Then over three or four months, as she relaxed, the full extent of that talent came out. And of course, the lads were there as well to help her. The, the, the chemistry between the band, it was interesting. I was talking to Michael Stipe the other day. We're talking about fans. Michael Stipe, a massive fan. Loved the band so much, he took them out on tour. You played some big gigs, didn't you, with uh, him, Noel? That's right, And he yeah. was saying it was the camaraderie and that if you'd have any component part different, the Cranberries wouldn't have worked. He said it just looked like a gang. The boys were very sort of uh, mindful of Dolores, who didn't always need minding. I think one of the things I would say about her is she was so funny and well able to take care of annoying journalists and probably errant bandmates on occasion. So basically, I'd have checked in with the boys every year, maybe every six months, we interviewed them. And obviously for them, it was all kind of natural. But, you know, suddenly she was talking about meeting Princess Diana and, and singing for the Pope, not once, but twice. So for her, it was kind of her, her normal life. And for you guys, I suppose, when you're in the bubble, you just think of it as being what I do. But for me, to see them go from a dingy basement in Cruz's hotel to playing Woodstock was just kind of remarkable. And, and also keeping their feet on the ground. You know, I, I think, no, you know, if I didn't know what you've done the last 30 years, I think you've just been hanging around Limerick. You know, yeah. you've always been very humble about the success. So basically, the book is gathering together all of those interviews, those early reviews. Um, I'd also describe the first kind of three or four chapters really as a, a love letter to Limerick. Uh, Kevin Barry has done a beautiful piece for us talking about Papaginos and, uh, you know, cruises, sticky carpets in Costellos, all that kind of thing, and painting a picture. And without the other bands in Limerick at the time, there would have been no cranberries. So we also talk about up the downstairs, they do it with mirrors, the hitches, Tuesday Blue, going back to form. So it's setting the scene and then telling the story. Wow. Noel, what's hard for, for me to believe really is that this is the first major book about the band. Yeah. How yeah. Do you th- why do you think it's taken so long for the story to be told? Um, I guess, look, we're, we've always been kind of known to be quite private and kind of keep to ourselves a bit. And uh, it's, it's helped us a lot over the years to just kind of stay kind of out of it in in that sense. And like we have what we always considered almost like our work life and our private life. And we've tried to separate it the best we could. And by, I guess, going off doing a book ourselves, that you know, you're kind of crossing that line where um, I'm not saying it'll never be done. You know, it, it's just that I guess we've avoided it because of that. And when Stuart and the guys at Hot Press came to us about this, this seemed to be that happy medium of here's a book that it's really, it's a collection of interviews and stories from when we began up to the end there. And it's, it's a better way, I think, for fans to kind of see how the band, the band evolved over the 30 years. Um, and it's, you know, things move very slowly in the music business anyway. So it, it just, look, the bits and pieces like this, I would imagine, over the next while, um, it's just a matter of kind of, it's a long time as well. It's 30 years of stuff they're trying to get together. So, and I'm sure Stuart knows this well from putting this together. It's not something that happens overnight. Noel, you know, certain bands are forever linked with the city that they come from. I mean, everybody knows the Beatles came from Liverpool. 
Mm. I, I think the cranberries coming from Limerick is, is something that is known worldwide as well. You know, that you're not a Dublin band. You too were the Dublin band uh, um, the, and people realise that. But the, you put Limerick on the map from a music point of view. And listening to Stuart there talking about the sticky carpets in Costello's and Papaginos <laughs> and things like that. What, what do you make of all those memories? I mean, that's why we always lived here and came back here um, and, and do to this day. Because people used to think, oh, you must be off high-flying, you know, living in whatever, L.A. or New York and all this now. But every time we got a break, whether it be for a week or a month or whatever, we all came home here. Our friends are here, our family are here. We've always loved living here. And and it's all those things, you know, like up until pre-pandemic, we were still going to Costello's at the weekends. So it's just, it's what we know. Um, I, I think it's, it's responsible for a lot of, you know, the sound of the cranberries was created from four people from Limerick. If one of us was from somewhere else, it might have completely changed that. So it, it's just, you know, it's very much in our blood. Stuart, there are two editions of the book. What's the difference between the two? Well, one is a, a, a standard book, which is going to look lovely on its own. The other is a deluxe platinum limited edition package. There's a thousand copies. We're, we're doing it direct. It's all in-house. There's no Amazon. Um, you can pre-order starting today on hotpress.com. And there's an interactive part uh, of, of, of the platinum position in that if you buy that, you can be an executive producer. And also uh, Noel and, uh, and, and Mike and Fergal and Eileen on behalf of, of Dolores are going to be signing a thousand covers. So there's going to be a thousand autographs, um, sort of versions of, of, of this limited edition uh, book. We did it before with Phil Linnett and got a, a remarkable reaction. So we're really proud now to number two being being the Cranberries. It was interesting, you're talking about Limerick people taking great pride in the band. I think, you know, even Lisa McGee, the Derry Girls creator, and that the Derry Girls soundtrack is basically the best of the Cranberries. And she was saying, as a 14-year-old in Derry, she claimed the band because here was this, this really great group from Ireland, and here was this girl that she could relate to, this strong woman. So the first thing you see in Derry Girls is a poster in Erin's bedroom of the Cranberries and Dolores, because Erin wanted to be Dolores. It was this strong woman being herself and these boys around her being supportive and this wonderful, as I say, camaraderie. Um, it, it's just been amazing talking to, to some of the people for, for the book. I did have a very moving hour on the phone with Ole Koretsky, who was um, uh, Dolores' boyfriend. That was very, very sweet and very, very informative. And, and I think what is, is nice to stress is that, you know, at the time of her tragic death, she was in fantastic form. Um, you know, they started work on this this brilliant new Cranberries record. Uh, she'd found love. She was making music in New York with Ole as well. She was having the crack like David Bowie before. She was hiding in plain sight in New York, really enjoying the anonymity because people don't pay you any attention there. So, you know, it was so tragic, but she was in a really good place, I think, in many ways. Yeah, it's funny, Stuart, that you mentioned that because uh, I'm a big Derry Girls fan and uh, lately I've been going back and re-watching them and it always stands out, the Cranberries music that get, gets played on that series. And the other place, Noel, that your music has kind of been used and stamped on is, is the Limerick Senior Hurling Team because mm. I think Limerick You're a Lady is almost in trouble of being pushed to a side to the side because it get, Dreams just gets played yeah. you know when they win how do you feel about that and particularly with the success that they're having at the moment It's fantastic I mean it took us by surprise I think more than anybody um, you know when, when they first won I guess three years ago um, and to hear that crowd singing Dreams after the match 
I, it definitely puts a chill up your spine because it, like like all these things we we were kids we wrote these songs we we did them because we liked them we you know we released them and you kind of you move on with your life and then 30 years later you know when something like that happens it is it's an amazing feeling and it's great that there is that limerick connection as well and and you know the last few years um when the finals have been coming up and to hear you definitely hear dreams on the radio a lot more so it's great it's it's fantastic yeah, and we'll all be hoping to hear it uh, again this weekend. It's almost like the song was written for the hurlers. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and Stuart, the Cranberries have seen their music as well covered by a huge number. I know a number of covered dreams. Zombies also been covered a number of times. So, like, it's, there's a, it's a sense that the music never really dates. It, it doesn't date. And when you think about it, Miley Cyrus, was she born? when that song was written, Zombie. Um, and I think Women in Harmony was really interesting because the average age of Women in Harmony was probably 22, 23. And all of those ladies, pretty much to every single one, said one of the reasons they wanted to sing or be in a band was Dolores and the Cranberries. So, you know, you've got old people like me who remember them from you know, 1989 and kids who are discovering their music. It, it, it's absolutely timeless. And it's wonderful to, to, to hear the likes of, of Miley. Eminem sampled a whole Cranberries song. Um, you know, 30 or 40 years' time, you'll still be hearing Dreams and Linger on the radio. Noel, what is next for you and the Cranberries? Um, well, we were working on a documentary um, that we, you know, we obviously, we did the last album and we kind of started looking into doing this documentary that began as a, originally a long time ago at this point, as a documentary about the early days of the band. But after Dolores passed away, we decided we would do the full story and um, everything was kind of starting to roll with that until the pandemic and the world kind of shut up shop for a while. So in the last kind of few months, that discussion has begun again and it's going to take a bit of time, um, but we will get it done. And it's probably the next kind of big thing, I think, um, that the band will be together for. Okay. Will you be watching the match on Saturday? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of us, like the rest yeah. of the edge of the seat. Um, Stuart, for people who would like to pre-order the book, when when will they actually be able to get it? Pre-order means like they can't, won't be available for a while. Is that right? We're, we're looking to get everything done uh, for for October. We've got uh, quite a few uh, big other names we're talking to. Actually, I'm talking to the Limerick captain and manager next week, so they'll be talking about what Dreams means to them. So we're looking probably at uh, October. The chance now is to get your name in the book and to 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 uh, reserve one with those all important signatures. But uh, yeah, it, it's been wonderful uh, doing it. Some beautiful memories. Uh, we've been talking to lots of uh, Dolores' uh, schoolmates as well. So it's a very personal account. And um, I think there's going to be uh, some smiles, um, some laughs and a few tears reading it. So limited edition for the the deluxe version. Yeah. Only, only a thousand copies. 1,000 copies of that, and then there's a, a, a normal edition, uh, both of which they're going to look beautiful. We're doing it in-house. I'm, I'm seeing all the sort of the, the pages coming off the printer, and, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. We've got some fantastic photographs. Uh, we've got some lovely um, previously unseen shots as well of, of, of Dolores and the band. So there's just so much kind of beautiful stuff in it. Any idea how many copies of the, the gold edition there'll be? 
I think we're looking at about 5,000. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, they're going to go sort of yeah. pretty fast. But I have People to say, would so want to pre-order them, particularly like people would want one for themselves. They'll also probably want to buy a few gifts maybe and keep them, um, under, you know, locked up until Christmas because if they're coming out in October. So they, they'd want to get the pre-orders in soon. Well, hopefully. I mean, as I say, I, I think the first quarter of the book doubles up as a bit of a social history of, of Limerick. Like Kevin Barry was talking about, one of the biggest fans of the band early on was, was Big Jim Kemi. Um, and he's got a marvellous story about meeting Jim by the Shannon and talking about Limerick and talking about the Cranberries. And I used to go up you know, regularly from Limerick. I'd commute up and Jim would collar me and say, how the band getting on? And I'd be passing on the gossip and he'd be telling me all the Doyle Aaron gossip. It was a, a good trade. So there are some amazing characters involved in the story that you might necessarily think of. Fantastic. Well, look, it sounds brilliant and a long-awaited thing, I suppose, you know, the full story of the Cranberries. Thank you so much for joining us on the programme this morning. That's Stuart Clark, uh, Deputy Editor of Hot Press and Noel Hogan from the Cranberries. Noel, we'll all be looking forward to hearing dreams play out <laughs> in Croke so. Park this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Limerick Today with Gillian Devlin in for Joan Ash on Live 95.